It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Thursday, February 2nd, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that did see our shadow this morning. We've got uh, a few more days of break before the Flyers come back to play. And I wish my mom, Helene, a uh, happy birthday. Her birthday's Groundhog Day. (laughs) Happy birthday, Helene. Love to see it. All right. We are going to talk about Travis Konechny on today's show and get to your mailbag questions. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. there. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Flyers. That is where you'll keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email the show at LockdownFlyers at Gmail or comment over on YouTube. That is how you get your mailbag questions answered on the show like we are going to do today. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook of Locked On, so make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Locked On Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Russ, uh, Travis Konechny was the poll winner over on YouTube in the comments. We put up a poll of what players uh, we wanted to cover this bye week in depth and uh, was far and away the winner, I would say, of that poll. So we're going to dig into Travis Konechny, who's an interesting question right now. Uh, he has got 24 goals, 25 assists for 49 points in 45 games played. Uh, he hasn't had any goals since January 11th, though, which is a nine-game streak. He has three assists during that span. Um, but he does have 150 shots on goal this season, which is you know a, a step up. And th- three of those goals that he does have are shorthanded goals. Uh, first off, what do you see as like the issue right now, I would say, in this little span of not being able to score? Maybe the mental block of getting to 25. He's never had 25. He's had 24 three times, four times, really. So um, there could be a mental block there, uh, just, you know, of getting that milestone for him. Like, hey, I, I've gotten it. That that could be it. Uh, I, but I really think it's his play away from the puck has dropped. And I think that's the thing. We had that game where yeah. he was on the ice for every goal against. And so I think I think it probably has more to do with that. I think when his game is rolling right, then you're going to see him score more. But the one, only thing I'll say about his points is we have to take it with a grain of salt in the sense that Torts even said if this were a playoff team, he would have to have connected play a little differently. So would that affect his point total? It probably would. Yeah, I think so, too. And yeah, it could be that mental block. I think you're right. Sitting on 24 goals is like definitely, you know, a a threshold, right, to get to 
to 25. And he's certainly been showing in his play that he's been trying to get there. Um, he's just, you know, I think he hit a couple posts, um, you know, goalies are there too <laughs> to stop them. Yep. So uh, he just hasn't quite picked the the right spot. I would also say um, in that time span, his frustration has been showing a, a little bit more. And I, I would say his arc in terms of taking penalties this season, like early he was taking a bunch and was being, you know, the yappy <laughs> Travis Konechny, yeah. you know, getting into you know, scrums after it a little bit more. And I think he settled down a little bit. And when he was scoring at a high pace, wasn't taking any penalties at all. Like didn't really get into fights per se. He was still being, you know, scrappy, but not really getting into it. Um, but his penalty minutes, you know, jumped up a little bit in this scoreless span. Yeah. And it, and honestly, it is at a point where, uh, if you were playing meaningful games down the stretch, he would have to cool it because he is at a level where it's almost unacceptable because like he had 77 last year, which was his high and that was high and he's going to beat that this year. He, he definitely, you know, you can say he's improved over last season yes. overall with, with some caveats, mm -hmm. right? Because, you know, if you looked at, you know, the right side of takeaways giveaways he's on he is on that right side for the first time in a few years um you know on the positive side there which is good in terms of his play you know partially with his play away from the puck um but as you said that's not always there depending on how the game goes um he's the highest shot attempts per 60 over his career um at 10 right now um, highest shots on goal per game of his career at three over three and you know plus minus we talk about you know it's a it's a stat it's not something we want to put a ton of weight into but right now he's a negative eight which seems bad but he was a negative 23 last season and so that has been improving a little bit um we'd still like to see him on the plus side of that though which is yeah that would really be a nice step it would, but then you look at his possession quality, it, it's kind of in the negative and, you know, if that's really his expected goals for to expected goals against ratio. And that again, speaks to his play away from the puck, right? Yeah. Um, it, it's not where it needs to be. And I think he's been focusing way too much on the offensive side of his game and the forechecking, which is something that Tortorella emphasizes, but I think that leads to a lot of missed opportunities on the defensive side, at least when they're at five on five. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, he is getting more defensive zone starts this year, like he did early in his career. So there is a little bit more confidence from the coach. Uh, his hits are way down though. And that's a little uncharacteristic. Yep. So that's something where if the flyers were, are truly were truly fighting for a playoff spot down the stretch, you would need him to, play a little feistier that way uh, simply just to disrupt the other team or to get keep possession of a puck in the offensive zone. That's something that's not fully been there. Otherwise, yeah, he's he, look right now. Things are, are looking good. Uh, you know, he probably gets, you know, 60 something points this year. Maybe he beats his career high of 61. We'll see. And, right. you know, that's honestly, that's the, 
the the high point for for Travis Konechny of what you would ever expect him to be anyhow. So then you're just looking for other contributions where so far he has improved on that. On some of them, I would say most of them even. And but again, we we would have to see when the team starts getting better um what happens with that. But this could be the first year of this new growth and that's what I would look at it as. Right. And you know, you talked about his time on ice. It's over 20 yeah. minutes a game for the first time in his career. And I would say part of that is probably due to the fact that he's been used on the penalty kill yes. for the first time this season. And, and so that's why his minutes are, are going up now. You know, obviously he's used on the power play way more. Like, in fact, his power play time so far this season, 143 minutes, penalty kill, 94 minutes right now. But uh, I, I, we've seen him be a huge part of this new power kill system simply because he is one of those guys that's going to be able to be a part of a breakaway situation if the other team you know misses a, a shot wide he's got a lot of great chemistry with Scott Lawton on that front who is you know Lawton is better at the defensive side of things but you have to spring somebody and connect me might as well be it right right now the other question you have to sort of ask yourself is is this new version of Travis Konechny if they were in the playoffs would he be scoring goals because oddly enough in 22 um career playoff games he only has one goal yeah so you do kind of wonder uh, I'm thinking with that. about who they've played in the playoffs because you know the options are low but uh I think that you know the Islanders had a really good defensive system in place although Flyers did score goals they I mean, did. They did go to seven games yeah so uh yeah I I think that it was a different team no, no, right? it is, with, but he, these he, are, he, there's new expectations for him now and I'm saying that Yes. He has to do better than that going forward if you want to retain him on the team. Like, he has to. Yeah, well, that is a good jumping off point because we do have to answer the question, you know, is Travis Konechny a part of the core of this team for the future? And what do you do with him this season, you know, at the trade deadline? Is, is he somebody you consider? And we are going to do that up next. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. We've got the Super Bowl coming up and we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. If you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers can join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at fanduel.com slash locked on. They have all your favorite bets from money line to point spreads to player props. You can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Of course, we do have the Eagles playing in the Super Bowl. So if you want to bet on them in any of the categories, you should do so at Fanduel. They have an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss out. Place that first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. So, Russ, we left off with the lingering question, is Travis Konechny essential 
to the future of the Flyers right now? And I think it's a really good question to ask. And it kind of goes back to the original discussion that we have about this team that are they in a real rebuild or are they going to continue to hold on to assets that they can maybe trade for more, but still, you know, play this game like they are playoff contenders. And I think with Travis Konechny, I think that it's, it's a tough question because right now he seems like he is an essential part of this team. But is he an essential part of the team in the future? He doesn't have to be, I don't think, in that if you look at, you know, having Cutter Gautier on the horizon from last year's draft, and if you get, you know, a quality draft this year and gain more assets and more top picks, you could have a completely different looking team moving in the future that you don't need a Travis Konechny. And, you know, but I I go back and forth, right? Because I like what he's done this season. To your point, he could continue on this trend. And especially, you know, we've seen that he is one of the players that has thrived the most under John Tortorella. And Tortorella could want him to stick around and be that example and be that leader moving toward the future. So I I could see this going either way, honestly. No, I could too. I mean, you have to, you know, Everybody listening has to divorce yourself from the fact that if you like him and you're glad he's got this year and you don't want to lose him because the Flyers don't have a ton of great players, you got to divorce yourself from that. Um, the first thing I would say that you said was that's accurate is I think where they're going to pick in this draft, by the time Konechny's contract is up, that player could be close to the NHL. So, you know, you're getting – that would be like three years from now. You're getting close, especially if the, the level of player is high. You might even, you know – get him a year early. So that might be the timing might be exactly right. So is there a Travis Konechny in this draft at that spot where they'll be picking? Yes, there's there's definitely a few of them. So like two or three of them I can think of that if they pick in a certain range, definitely. So there's that. Uh, you could say Bobby Brink could be the replacement for Travis Konechny, and he definitely could. So when you look at that, you have to look at Travis Konechny and then say, okay, so his contract runs out in 24, 25. He's making five and a half. Um, he's going to want to raise on his next contract. And I get it. Maybe the cap goes up this 10 million that everybody's hoping for or up to 90, maybe not 10 million, but up to 90, whatever difference that is. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, right now, do I think the question you have to ask yourself is forgetting about if John Tortorella likes him or not. If you don't think you're winning next year, then you can make a great argument for trading Travis Connecting because you're only going to have him for one more year after that unless you're locking him up for his entire career, right. which I'm not there yet to do that. And so, like here, I'll give you an example. Let's say the Kings came calling and said, hey, we'll give you Gabe Velarde and a second because we can't sign Gabe. We've got too many good players here. You know, Gabe is you know a couple years younger. He's 23. He's an RFA still, so you could sign him to a bridge deal and see how he plays in your organization. It'll be less than five and a five and a half, and you get your second round pick back in this draft. Like that's something I would have to really seriously consider because, you know, it's not a guarantee that Konechny will be there when they're good, and so those yep. are the kinds of decisions you'd have to make. Yeah, and I think that 
for the Flyers in particular, like I said, you know, admitting they're in a rebuild and can make a deal like this is a barrier to making that trade. I, I just I just don't know that we have it a management that is willing to trade a guy like him when he is one of the only draws the team has right now that are they going to want to ride out the rest of this season even with him being you know a key part of the marketing and all of that just because he's been a guy who's who's scoring a lot I mean you know at least until recently but he's still like a huge part of of the Flyers game and that's the barrier for me is management but I, I do see the upside to it. Like you said, I mean, there's some potentially really good deals to be had out there um, with, you know, his salary isn't bank breaking no. in terms of, you know, you know, all the cap problems that some of the top teams have right now. Um, you know, th this trade deadline is poised to be a pretty quiet one, but Konechny could be a really good asset to pick up simply because, you know, he doesn't make nine, ten million dollars right. a year and he's producing and he's a high energy and guy. And you get a couple of years um, of term on it. So that's, a, you know, good yep. for a team that's contending. And so, exactly, yeah, that's what you have to look at because, you know, otherwise, based off this year and presumably um, if he's on this arc, by the time he's up for a contract, you know, you're paying him $8 million at least right in that range. And so that's what you have to consider. Cause again, at that point, and unfortunately Travis Konechny staying doesn't always rely on Travis Konechny. Can you get rid of Kevin Hayes's contract? If you can't, can you get rid of Risto's contract? If you can't like, and this is if they've decided to, to go this direction, if they can't, then that may fall on connecting is just a casualty. Yeah, that's a really good point as well. You know, I think that those other guys are, you know, for the flyers and, and for their future are better options to trade than Travis connect right. right now. I think that, that to me, that's no but the question. Term is what you may hold, not be able right, might, to yeah. might hold it back. Exactly. And, and Travis Konechny is in an ideal situation in terms of the term. Like you said, he's in a very successful season right now. And I think, you know, I, it's trading high versus trading medium yeah. on him, you know, that if if he had been traded this past offseason, which we talked about as mm -hmm. an option, but that was going off of the past couple of seasons he had had that maybe weren't as great. And so that would have been a selling medium. Right. This is a selling high situation. And, you know, with the Flyers in the position that they're in, that may be what you want to do to build for the future. Yeah, because, again, they could tell us whatever they want at the end of the year. John Torello can say there's progress and we're going to be a competitive team next year and we're going to be harder to play against. But I'm going to say, listen, are you really a playoff bubble team or are you just further in the mushy middle where, yes, you get more points, you finish the season eight points out, 10 points out, something like that. And if that's the case, then holding on to all these players doesn't make sense. Yeah, and I think that the Flyers being, you know, they're still in the mushy middle right now. They're just at the bottom of right. the mushy middle, if that makes sense. Yeah. But, but this could have been the year that they were really in the bottom. And they didn't do that because they hired John Tortorella. Right. And, you know, are getting the most out of a, a weaker lineup, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, and I think that they could 
have some really good benefits coming out of this season by trading somebody like Travis Konechny going into this offseason with free agency and the draft having a lot more opportunity and flexibility. This is the realistic part. What they do. Right. Here's the other part that you have to talk about. Are the Flyers better than the Sabres? No. No, they're not. No. And actually, if the Sabres get a goalie, they move further ahead than the Flyers. If they have a set goalie next year, um, that really pushes them even further ahead. The Islanders, you can make the argument they're not as good as what they once were, but they're still going to be a little better than the Flyers next year. A lot? No, but a little. Florida, they're falling back a little bit, but I still think they're going to be better. You know, Ottawa's an interesting one. They're better right now with a game in hand and they're not having a great season at some point, it probably is going to click more for their young players. So we'll say they're even with Ottawa just to be fair. And honestly, the Red Wings can move ahead of the Flyers next year. Like they're, they're a team with so many good young players that yep. once they add another one or two of them and, you know, they figure out their situation with Larkin and everything, if they get to keep them, they're probably better than the Flyers too. So you have to look at it and say, who are you actually going to beat out, you know, is are, are the Capitals or Penguins going to fall back? You know, maybe, but we just named you these other teams and none of them are really pushovers. Yeah, uh, that is absolutely the case. Uh, any final prediction on whether or not they trade him? My final prediction is they're not going to trade him, at least not in this at this trading deadline. Um, and I think that'll be because of the coach. But again, I do predict that we're going to get like mixed messaging at the end of the year, especially, you know, from Chuck. So I, you know, again, I think if you're not clearly sure, he's going to end up staying. Yeah, I, I think he'll end up staying as well, simply because of, again, you know, Tortorella and Chuck Fletcher's track record suggests that he won't. All right. We are going to get to your mailbag questions coming up next. Looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you gotta try a Built Bar. I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year, and if you're like me and you wanna eat healthier, but don't wanna compromise taste, then man, if I got just the thing for you, you gotta try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate, and they come in unbelievably delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond, and that's even better if, if they are healthy. hundred Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering Built, Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, you can run in and get a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. All right, we've got some good questions this week. Uh, Sasky Flyboy wants to know what the potential return could be for JVR at the trade deadline. A conditional second. Uh, a conditional... conditional. Wow. Yeah, because... If it's this year's draft, then I think it's a conditional second. If it's next year's draft, then it's a second. I think that's the best that you could hope for. 
Do you think that if the Flyers retain salary, they can make it a second without the conditional? In this draft, no. And they're going to have to retain salary anyhow. Like, I think that's just the way to... My guess is that it's two and a half to three million of retained salary. Yeah. No, I think you're right. For for JVR. But I'm counting on that to get a second of some sort. Otherwise, it may not be that. Yep. Uh, I think, honestly, that is the most you can get. Uh, I I think it depends on which team it is uh, in terms of where in the second round it could potentially fall. But or if it's, you know, one of the teams that um, is doing very well, but has a high second round pick from a a previous deal that they've made or something that was from a different team that they could potentially um, move higher up. But I would like to see them get as high up in the second round as they can. Um, Not having these second round picks for a while has been brutal for the Flyers. So I do think JVR warrants a, a second round pick in in return i would hate to see a player return unless it was like a almost definite prospect yeah that is is extremely likely to hit i mean originally i thought maybe he would go to the devils but they seem to have their sights on timo meyer so if they do that they're not going to get jvr Uh, i still think there's a, a percentage chance he goes back to the leafs i do think there's that so you know you can look out for that so I, I think there'll be three or four teams that'll call on JR, JVR. I mean, he's had a good season, but they still know what he is. Like, at the end of the day, right? you know, you know where his points are coming from. You know where his, where, what his play is getting. Yes, he's doing a little better. He, you know, last year, if you traded him, you wouldn't have gotten a second. So at least, you know, Tortorella is going to squeeze some extra value out of this. Uh, speaking of conditions on picks, John G asked uh, via DM on Twitter to explain the difference between a protected pick and a regular draft pick and you know how how that comes into play uh, when a trade is negotiated. Yeah, so the protected part is you you negotiate, well, what are you protecting here? Well, uh, top 10, top 11. You know, this year it's top 11. Nobody wants to give away a pick if you have a chance at Connor Bedard. So that means, okay, so you make the trade if the, if the, let's say you make this trade with the devils and the devils fall to the 12th pick Well, then they're going to, they're going to pick this year. If the devils are out of it and they're at the eighth pick, then your first round pick, then they're, what they're going to do is take the pick this year and give you next year's first round pick. And that's, that's the way it works. Right. And um, I, I don't, ever remember seeing a situation where a pick is protected for multiple years usually no it's just i don't think i've ever seen that, that either yeah it's just that first year so you get wherever the pick falls the following year if right. the condition is met for this year and yeah it's usually just in the draft lottery situation yes so um you know if a team is going to be part of the lottery or not yep so that is what conditions are uh, Mario via email wants to know at this point in the season with the Flyers not likely to make the playoffs, wouldn't it make sense to put out a fourth line made up of prospects or guys the Flyers think will make the team next year? If not, is it a matter of ice time? Is it better to get less ice time to get used to the high paced um, NHL versus spending more time on ice in the slower AHL? Well, I do think there's some other players they could bring up and make a part of a fourth line and not have it be a fourth line, especially now with 
uh, Zach McEwen being McEwen, her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could change the complexion of it and just, you know, put somebody like, I don't know, Ali Lixell with uh, Nick Delorier and just say, yeah, this fourth line now is just another line. We're not really going to focus on the grind part of it and give them more than eight minutes a game because you could definitely divvy up the minutes on this team uh, a little bit more. And that's what I would do. But that's not what John Tortorella is going to do. <laughs> right. That's the problem here in that. Uh, I also think, and we've talked about this before, that after the trade deadline, this is a more likely scenario that they'll call yes. up a couple of guys for the remainder of the season and just give them that limited ice time, but get, give them that NHL experience toward toward the end of the season. Look, I'll, so I'll go so far as... I think that's a possibility. Yes, I'll go so far as to say with, with the mailbag that, hey, in the future, there's going to be less and less or fewer fourth lines than what we used to see in the last decade. So uh, you would just be doing something that I think is going to happen anyhow. Agreed. Last question. Uh, is Joel Farabee always going to be a half point per game player? Well, it's interesting because we can't say it's his neck anymore because I look at Jack Eichel and he's close to a point a game and they've had similar surgeries. So, so it's not that. So what is it about Joel Farabee that's had him sort of stuck in this spot where he's, and it's not a bad spot. I mean, but he, you know, you do expect a little more. He's going to get fewer goals. I would expect more goals. Believe it or not, I'm going to blame this on Kevin Hayes because Hayes and Farabee used to be a good match. Hayes can no longer play center. Now you have Farabee with Noah Cates. Cates can't really drive play at this point, and he's not a big-time playmaker. There's no great playmaker for for Joel Farabee. That's the problem. If you put him on a line with Konechny, Konechny gets some assists, but he's still going to mostly shoot first, as you saw with all those shots. So I, I really do think it's a lack of a, a playmaking center to put him with. I think that's the problem right now. Yeah, I, th I think that is a fair point, and it's – um, I think they're expecting Joel Farabee to be somebody he's not Correct. right now to some degree. So um, if he gets the right players to play with, and I would say, you know, if he was on a line with Sean Couturier, it would be a lot oh, better. Eight, eight, nine more points. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the big difference here. Uh, and uh, hopefully we can get Sean Couturier back next season, but we'll see, <laughs> um, you know as things go with the flyers but uh we are going to return tomorrow we are going to preview the all-star game in florida with kevin hayes participating already seen some gritty content from down there um i, I don't think you're going to want to see that one russ if you haven't yet okay. with the bathing suit picture no but i don't i don't need to see that. <laughs> i've seen that before uh, we are going to talk about uh, Kevin Hayes and the All-Star Game, and we are going to get into uh, Owen Tippett, which was another requested player for our bi-week profile. So that should be a lot of fun as well. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So if you've got questions you want us to answer like we did today, you can tweet us at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail, or you can comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. -I -I I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.